child-free besties. Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, the number one podcast that focuses on empowering, highlighting, and celebrating African-American women who are child-free, wonderfully made, and living their absolute best child-free life. I am your host and favorite child-free bestie, Dr. Angela L. Harris. Here on the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, we aim to dispel the stereotypes and assumptions that child-free sisters are lonely, unfulfilled, and unhappy without motherhood and children. So join in on the discussions, which will feature intimate one-on-one interviews, the occasional themed and bonus episodes, and my personal journey and experiences of being a child-free content creator and expert. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. So hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of No Bibs, Verbs, Bottles. I'm your host, Dr. Angela L. Harris, and I'm so delighted to have a special guest. I am so excited to have our special guest. She's going to let you know a little bit about herself. But before we jump into our interview today, please follow us on Instagram at No Bibs, Verbs, Bottles. We would love for you to engage with us over there, like our content, engage, and I hope to see you over on Instagram. So let's go ahead and get started because I'm so delighted to have my guest, and I know she's excited to share with all of you about her child-free story. I'm going to let Dr. Romaiko Thomas share with us a little bit about herself, what she does, where she's from, and anything else that she would like to share, such as an interesting fact about yourself. Oh, thank you so much. I I just have to say, uh, (laughs) Dr. Ayers, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. Um, So my name is Dr. Romaiko Thomas Romaiko, um, and I am a psychologist. I'm a licensed counseling psychologist. I used to work um, at a university center for 10 years, so I did counseling for college students, graduate, um, undergraduate. Now I have a private practice, and I just started full-time. This is my first year full-time, and I'm also going to be teaching um, remote teaching through Chicago School of Professional Psychology in the fall, and so I'm really, really excited um, about a lot of these things coming up. I am, you know, I am from, born and raised in St. Louis, and that's where I'm at now, and I live with my partner. Um, We've been together for a while. A fun fact about me is that I'm also an only child, and so a lot of people, I know, a lot of people, um, I get a lot of questions about that when talking about being child-free, and so that's something that I tell people that, especially when people are concerned about legacy or concerned about, you know, being child-free and having a small family, I come from a very small family. Mm-hmm. And so I um, came from a two-parent household. My parents are still married, happily married, and so I was very, very fortunate. You know, I great childhood, all of those things, but I am very, very happy to be child-free. And, uh, wow. And I'm so excited to have you. Can you share a little bit about how we got connected? Because I think I'm, I'm just always um, interested and I want my viewers and our audience to know just like, how am I connecting with people? So can you share a little bit about how we got connected and how you became a guest? Sure. So for me, being I don't see many child-free um, African-American women that talk about being child-free and that talk 
that they're very confident about their decision. And again, you know, my decision to be child-free was I've all, I've never wanted children. And so for me to see a positive podcast and I literally was looking, I was looking for someone that I could connect with. And I'm also on some child-free sites, not just on Instagram, but Facebook and your name kept coming up. And so when I went to Instagram, and I love the no burps, no <laughs> I love that. And so that's when I went to Instagram and I looked you up and I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, she's also a psychologist and she also is child free. And I was like, this is like a match made in heaven. And so for me, I'm always looking for positive people and positive, whether it's, you know, friendships, mentors that also are African-American and child free, because that's not talked about in society. Yes. And so for me to find that camaraderie, I hop on it. And so for me, that was the reason I was, I was actually very, very interested. I actually had been searching for child-free women that were confident in their decision. Yes. For me, that was what connected me because I do know there are, you know, families and women that are child, child child-free, but they're more Mm childless. So that they did not have the decision to be child-free, but you know, unfortunate circumstances, or they did not adopt or what have have you, that the decision was made for them. Mm -hmm. I rarely was around other African-American women that actually chose to be child-free and was confident in that. And so Mm -hmm. that was something that I really, really, really connected with. Yes. And Instagram is so powerful or social media is so powerful because it, it is bringing a lot of people together and it's just like one by one, people are slowly um, finding out about no bibs, burps, bottles and really um, sharing their story. So again, I'm so humbled and so grateful that you're joining us today. But tell me as an African-American black woman being child-free, describe your life. Is it boring? Is it exciting? Is it all over the place? Just if, describe your child-free life. Yeah. So my child-free life is fabulous. I'm not going to sit there and lie. I, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And okay. So let me back up. So, like I said, I never wanted children. Okay. I was born and raised an only child. And the reason I never, I, children were not for me. I never was around children. And so, you know, some people have, you know, nieces and nephews and all of those things, even, even cousins and my cousins, they didn't have children until later on. And I really wasn't around them like that until I was older. I didn't hold my first baby until I was 17. So even when I was younger, when people think about, you know, okay, you know, you play with dolls or all that stuff, like the stereotype that they have when it comes to femininity is when you're raising, you know, coming up, my dolls were career. You know, my dolls had, you know, had the corporate, I had a Michael Jackson doll, I had a Barbie and they were going together, but children was not in the mix. Mm-hmm. And so, and it wasn't anything against children. It was just, I did not see my life. I did not need that for fulfillment. So when you ask how my life is, I've always been a busy person. I've always had friends, lots of friends. My friends were my extended family. And so for me growing up, you know, it was just me and my parents and my friends. (laughs) And so I did not, I wasn't around children in that way. And even as I got older, when you're an only child, at least for me, I knew how to take care of myself. I knew how to make myself have fun. I knew my favorite thing to do is to be with me. 
And so for that, I never needed, felt like I need to expand my family because to me, I already, I've already had my family. I see my friends as family. I see my partner as family. I saw pets as family. So I had a different envision of what family meant and it didn't necessarily have to be children. Mm -hmm. And also with me, I was focused on my career. I love being a psychologist. But what comes with being a psychologist is taking care of other people. And so with that, and also being an only child, as my parents age, I take care of them. And so I, the older I got, the more I got to thinking of, wait a minute, I don't have much time for me. And I didn't want to bring a little one into this world and feel like I was sacrificing time where, and I didn't want to take it out on a little person where I really wanted to, you know, abide by my own rules of self-care mm-hmm. and recognize how much I can handle and what I couldn't handle. And for me, I take care of my clients, my patients, my parents. I didn't want, a, you know, <laughs> I did not want. Another thing that I'm really into is volunteerism. So. I volunteer a lot with Cancer Society. And ironically, even though I'm not a a child person, I'm a fur baby person. And so I volunteer a lot with Humane Society. We have Animal Protective Association. And so those, those, my fur babies was how that I also utilized my time. So I'm very busy. I never saw, whenever I hear people say, oh, what are you gonna do without any children? You're gonna be so bored. I never had that experience. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think being an only child also taught me too to not have that experience because as an only child, I knew how to how to have fun by myself. And so for me, I didn't feel the need to have children to complete me as a person because I already, already felt complete. Oh, completed. Dr. Thomas, that is such an awesome way to put things in regards to where you are now. Well, one, we have a lot of similarities because I have a dog. Um, I, you know, I, my parents are still together. And so it's, it's, amazing kind of the the connections that we have and the similarities that we have but I'm, I'm curious to know with that being said what were your earliest recollections of not warning children like did you know at a young age when Michael Jackson and Barbie were playing or did that, was that confirmation later on in life it really was early on and it's funny I was talking to my mom not that long ago and she um we we're talking about, you know, marriage and children, because I asked her actually, not that long ago, like maybe three years ago, how come you never really got on me about not having kids? I never understood that. And she said, you never talked about children. She was like, even with, you know, Cabbage Patch dolls and all that stuff, she's like, you just never were connected. When there were babies in room, because she had friends that had infants, she said, you never would go to them. You'd all be like, they're too noisy. She said, you never had that connection with children. And instead of, and she made a statement saying, instead of arguing with that with you and trying to, I just like, let me just accept her how she is and see how this goes. So I also had parents that never pushed that within me and I know that's very rare <laughs> you know what I mean I know and notice I said parents I didn't say grandparents now that was a different <laughs> that was a different story mm-hmm. but I never had parents that pushed me into that direction so that never cultivated I never thought that there was anything wrong with not wanting children when I was younger it was as I got older and when I got older and my grandparents had asked, hey, you know, that's great with your career and everything. When they're alive, they're, they're deceased now. But are you going to have a family? Are you? And I'm like, well, I have a family. And my grandma said, well, no, we 
I, I like my little great grandchildren around. So that's when, or when my friends were like, okay, yay, we are celebrating, you know, motherhood, but where are you at with this? Mm-hmm. So as I got older, that's when I started questioning, hey, wait a minute. Okay, I guess I should be thinking about children, but what happens when I don't want them? Like what's, mm-hmm. so that's when I started making the connection. Oh, is there something wrong with me? Yes. And- when I went through that, like in my late teens, early twenties, okay, what's going on with me that I don't have that desire? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I got older, interestingly, that that's when those messages came in that in order to be a successful woman, that's great that you have a career, but you're not finished. Or in order to be a successful you know, woman, you have to really uh, adhere to having children. Or I would see like, you know, um, family members of mine, I would be, you know, have all this masters and, you know, PhD or whatever, but where are your kids? So-and-so yes. has kids. So, you know, and I'm like, wow, does that mean that I'm, I'm less of a person? So to be honest, it was never internal messages. It was a lot of external messages that I saw and I heard. Also, I was married. I was married for oh, about three years. And, but, but in being married, you know, his family was asking, hey, are you guys going to have kids? Again, it was not from my family, my immediate family. It was from his family. And so again, I thought, oh, am I not enough? Are we Mm -hmm. not enough? Because he hadn't wanted kids at the time either. And so we, you know, broke up because it ended up that he did. And so that's the unfortunate thing. But again, it wasn't until I heard other people's messages, then that's when I noticed that my self-esteem started to falter. Mm. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. other people. Yeah. And so, so it seems like you had a very supportive family in regards to your parents, grandparents kind of question a little bit, friends kind of question a little bit. I want to kind of stay there a little bit more like, so what, what would be your response or what is your response today when uh, friend groups or colleagues or people inquire about um, children, positive, negative, or anywhere in the middle? Because one, I think that's going to help other people kind of know how to deal with uh, these type of questions or pressure. Yeah. You know, okay. So let me, let, let, there's another <laughs> part. No, no, no. I'm laughing because, because, okay. So those same friends, and mm-hmm. I just laugh I love my friends, those same friends. So back then their children were small and sweet babies, you know, all of those things. Now it's different. Mm-hmm. So now as you know, they're teenagers, young adults. Now it's like, girl, why didn't I know? Why didn't I do what you did? Why didn't I? Why? <laughs> and that's the interesting dynamic. Why did I not know that it was a choice? Yes. And so that's what, you know, when you'd ask the question of, you know, what goes on now versus then with that is that what I tell people now is that, you know, it's a choice and that's a choice that I did not know that I was privy to, but in actuality, you do have a choice. You don't have to be a mother to be a woman. (laughs) And so now I'm very, but again, I'm older. I'm very confident in my decision. Back then, what I would tell people like, oh, maybe not right now. Oh, maybe, you know, so back then I was very embarrassed. Back then I was not honest with people outward. Like I said, my immediate family and everything, they knew, everybody knew. But as time went on, I started getting those external messages of different that, no, it's not okay. Then I started saying, oh, well, maybe not now. Oh, well, maybe, you know, da, da, da. Well, what happened was actually, you know, 
I had a lot of issues when it came to, you know, um, feminine issues, uterus issues in which I was not able to conceive a child biologically. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting is that now as, as I went through that in my thirties, then the explanation I told people was all like, wow, why do you expect that I even can have children or why is it? So I know, but then I was going through anger because I was like, wait a minute, you're all up in my uterus. You don't know what's going on. You're not asking me what's going on. You're just making this assumption. And even though I didn't want kids, I did not like how, wait, there's an assumption made that I can even have them, or there's an assumption made that I can afford adoption, or there's an assumption made that I had the time to foster and that I had the, and that's another thing, that I had the um, personality to foster because mm -hmm. I attached, I could, you know, all of these things. And so that's when I went through anger stage in my 30s. Now, my question is, or what I, my response is, I don't want them. That's not, mm -hmm. no, I don't, I choose not to have them. And I just leave it at that. But it took a while to get to that. You know what I mean? It wasn't, so I tell clients that are thinking about having children or, or, or on, on the fence, they're like, well, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, right now you're trying to figure out, you know, you're going through your own stuff and you may not know what to say right now because you're trying to figure out how to really solidify it within yourself because that's a process that everybody goes mm -hmm. through. And so figure yourself out first and then, you know, how you want to talk to other people about it and figure out, do they need to be in your business and what are your boundaries? Yes, yes. And Back then, I did not know what boundaries were, mm -hmm. but as I got older and I started to be more self-protective, that's when I did notice my boundaries and I was able to verbalize more. No, that's not what I want for my life. And thank you, but no. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that a lot of times it's a process for most people, right? Because we don't know what we don't know until we know it. And being able to, to kind of know, okay, I'm, I, maybe I'm on the fence or I really don't want kids, but... It's a, it is a process and it goes from maybe being ambivalent to really feeling empowered because now you've come into your own. And that's what it sounds like it was for you talking about, you know, that that fear or not sure or not not sure how to explain it to other people. So kudos to you. And that's why this podcast exists. That's why no bibs birth bottles exist, because there are so many women who need to hear your story to be able to say, hmm. If she did it this way, maybe I can consider doing it this way. Yes. So with you being a psychologist, I want to take advantage of, you know, the, the, the women um, and maybe even men that you speak to. If you had a woman who was struggling, you kind of talked about it a little bit, and they're getting this pressure to have a child from a partner or society, or they're really just kind of like, I'm not sure. You know, what are some of the steps to guide them to get to that empowerment piece or creating boundaries for that, um, themselves? Absolutely. First, I talk to people about take your time <laughs> because, you know, and, and the reason I say take your time and I'm, I, I say that I'm recognizing that because there's women who are like, well, I don't have time. Or I only have this amount because as, as women, we're on a time clock, biological time clock, you know, and so recognizing that piece first, but then asking, you know, when we're talking about the desire of children or like there, who are we having children for and what is the purpose? And the reason I say that is, 
and I and I love my mom, but I'm just gonna call her out. She's not the most was never the most maternal person. She'll she was a career driven person, and it doesn't mean that she was not the most loving. I love my mother. She's the most loving person, but you know some of the things that she was saying is that I never knew motherhood was a choice. You know what I mean? That's it's not, it was not in the generation that wasn't talked about. And so that also is something I talk to clients about is a, a lot of times the generational differences of what mm-hmm. having children mean. <laughs> and then that what having children does not constitute you being a woman or being feminine or all of those things. And that definition is slowly starting to change. And that you can leave because a lot of times people think about if you don't have children, who's going to take care of you? Well, then is that about having children or is that about, or is that about another self-serving need? Yes. And what's interesting is the signs and the symptoms that they talk about people that choose child-free is selfishness, where it's actually the opposite because nobody ever asks, well, what's the reason that you chose to have children? Oh, I didn't want to, I want somebody to take care of me when I get older. So really thinking about what's the reason for children that you're doing? Is it for you? Is it for your family? Because your family may not always be there. Mm-hmm. And if they are there, that child is on you because no child has to be here. Mm-hmm. And so we never think about it from the child's standpoint, whether we choose to have a child or not, do we feel mentally and emotionally ready of what a child undertaking really is. And just by exploring it or thinking about that does not mean that you'd be a bad parent or anything. It actually means that more people really need to do that. And so we got a lot of pressure from outside people, but it's never talked about what would your role be if I were to have a child? You know, you want me to have this child or all this stuff, but you won't help pay for college. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. Start asking those questions of, okay, you want this, we just take it. We just, as women, we just take it. We're just like, well, yeah, maybe I should start having children. Our grandma wants me to have children. But we never ask grandma, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm just curious, grandma. I'm trying to get through school. So if I had a child, would you have, like, if I have difficulty with something? And what's interesting, what I found too, is when you flip it back on people, oh yeah, I didn't talk about that. Yeah, no, this is (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be you now. No, this is, this is you or, you know what? I don't like had a, a friend of a friend talking and they were saying, I don't understand why you don't have children to done. And I, again, even, you know, the age I am now, it's still, I still got a lot of anxious, like, wow, maybe I should. Then I stopped. And I said, you don't have kids. And they said, no, they're kind of expensive. And I did, you know, so what <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, like what is the reasoning that it's being so pushed and so activated on and how come legacy has to mean constant, you know, family members legacy can mean what I'm doing for the community, what I'm doing for the family that I have. What, mm-hmm. so asking those questions, not just with family members, but within mm-hmm. and setting those boundaries and learning how to set boundaries and learning to say that and learn to recognize that your body is your own decision just like your mind is your own decision yes yes so that's something that I encourage men and women mm-hmm. to really think about that because now I feel like this generation coming up now they're starting to kind of get it and starting to say you know what I don't want kids right now. I mean, everything from just you sharing the story about your mom and being maternal to the question, 
we'll get questioned why we don't have kids, but we will be the bad person if we turn around and ask, why did you have kids? Are you happy now that you have those kids? But Dr. Thomas, I wanna return back to um, the maternal question or how you describe your mom. So would you describe yourself as maternal and what does that look like? How does that play out? Yeah, so for me, I am not maternal. Um, I, you know, um, now, okay, you know, when it comes to my fur baby, I have a cat. And when it comes to my fur baby, you know, I guess I can have some, but no, I'm not, I don't I remember there was an episode uh, way back in the day, Sex in the City, and it was Carrie was at a baby shower and I think Miranda had put the baby on a sofa and the baby kept sliding down. As Miranda was talking to other people, I was like, oh, you have to hold him? Like, that's how <laughs> I, I, and I used to think there was something innately wrong with that, mm. that wasn't like babies. When I see babies, I hear women say, oh, my ovaries, I, I didn't have that. Um, when I saw a baby, I wasn't like, oh, I want to connect with you. I was like, oh, he's so cute or they're so cute. That was the extent. Yeah. Um, you know, and it wasn't, and I was not the type of person who I saw a whole bunch of kids and I would go in the middle and be like, oh, let's play. When I would mm -hmm. talk about this, I'm like, what do you want? Like what you, I, I just did not have that, that instinct. I didn't have that instinct when it came to children. And, and my mom was like that, you know, now, now she was, now she wasn't as bad as I am, but she, you know, she wasn't that bad. No, but it was for, for her, it was more about, you know, she loved her career. She's a nurse. She loved what she did and she loved me, but at the same time, you know, she was not, oh, Gucci, you know, it wasn't very maternal, very, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, conjugate, spoil you. No, she was the type of mother who was like, you know what? get up, do what you need to do. It, it, she just was not a maternal, touchy-feely person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And recognizing this, when I got older, I recognized, guess what? Everybody has different personalities. Yes. And I never, I, and that's the thing with, with maternals, I never felt lack of love, never felt that. It was actually the opposite. I felt a lot of love, but I recognized because I'm similar, that's just not that the way it was displayed. Mm -hmm. So it was other things, other ways that it was displayed for me. And that's the way that I noticed that I am when it comes to other people. I'm not a touchy-feely person. However, I'm right there. If anybody needs anything, I would call a person in a moment. My cat's sick. I'll take them to the vet. I mean, all of those things. So I recognize, I recognize my strengths and the things that is just not me. Mm -hmm. I also came with a lot of self-reflection, a lot of therapy. Um, because I thought something was wrong with me because of that. And it turns out it's not, it's just my personality. It's mm -hmm. just not a maternal, warm, fuzzy, you know, great feelings when it comes to children type of person. Doesn't mean I wish harm to kids or anything like that. No, kids are adorable, but I just didn't have that in me. And mm -hmm. I didn't want my child to do without that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times when we say that out loud, you know, our thoughts or our feelings about our engagement with children, um, you know, I find myself sometimes, you know, I'll sometimes admit like, oh, I don't really like kids that much or, you know, the crying and the running and the snot and this, you know, and I felt guilty because I didn't want people to judge me to say like, you're a bad woman because you don't like kids. I never said I didn't like kids. So as you share all of that about not being maternal and I mean, is it hard for you to kind of say that out loud? Do you guard yourself or you're like, this is my truth? 
Oh my gosh. So hard. So when I was, you know, thinking about, okay, okay. I got to talk about myself, but I got to be truthful, you know, and with being truthful is going to help others. Because I think that the more that I hid that piece and also, and, and let me say this, I also don't, people wouldn't know that knowing me. That's another thing. So people are like, oh, but wait, you're so funny. You're so bubbly. You're so warm. You're so engaging. You know what I mean? You're so charismatic, you know? And thank you. <laughs> but, but, have to have a baby. <laughs> right. And people are complex because people don't realize I'm also an introvert. You, you know what I mean? People are complex. Yes. And that's also the beauty of being a psychologist is we know that. And, but to come to our, it's easy. We can talk to other people about that, but to come to our own truth with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it took, oh, like I said, I, I mentioned therapy a few times. It took a lot of time to recognize, you know what, this is me. And if I can't accept me for who I am, how can I expect anybody else to, if I can't accept my own truth, how am I going to expect anybody else to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Oh, no, it, you are so right. People are like, oh, you're a baby hater. Whoa, no. Like, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> what? No, I think children are gorgeous. I think, and if anything, it's actually the opposite. I don't, and I'm not saying I'd be a horrible mom. No, I do what needs to be done. But I know that in order for me, if I wanted to give a child the best life, they could, all of these things, the child would have to come first. And mm -hmm. I know me, and I don't have that in me to make that happen because of all the other things I have in my life. And I know what my, where my lane is. Mm -hmm. And that's not one of them. Yes. Yes. So it came. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I've got, I've gotten so much flack for that um, because my, and also my personality is the opposite of what people would think when it comes to children, but nobody's ever asked me to. <laughs> yes. Yes. And a lot of times people don't take the time to really understand what does it really mean for a woman to make this choice and to be child-free? And again, your narrative, your story, your experiences are definitely gonna help someone else. Hey, I'm stopping my own YouTube video and podcast episode to let you know about NoBibsBurbsBottles.com. That's right, stop and visit our website today. We have a bunch of awesome child-free pride merchandise made especially for you. Visit NoBibsBurbsBottles.com today. Peace. So Dr. Thomas, I want to transition a little bit to dating. So you mentioned that you were married for three years. You're current, you currently have a partner. And so what were some of the things that were important to you when dating, when you got married in regards to um, sharing with someone that you're child-free, never wanted kids? Was it important that that partner was also child-free? This is a loaded question. Um, when dating, did you want a person to have kids under kids over 18? Would you date someone who had a six-year-old? So loaded question, take it away. Yeah, no, those are good questions. So when I dated my um, ex-husband, we were college sweethearts, you know, so with, with him, it was kind of, we kind of grew together. And so with him, I didn't even think about being child-free back then. I was just like, do you want kids? No, I don't want kids. Okay. I don't know if I do right now. That's what he said. So back then we were just dating to be dating, having fun. But as time went on and we got more serious, that question did come up, of course. And that was something we both we're like, we don't, that was something we weren't, we weren't, you know, into. Now we were so young 
also we didn't get married really young but when we were together we were together like 11 years before we got married so that's a lot of time in transition so of course even though i stayed my path he didn't and there's no fault in that because when we first got together we were like 22 23 Mm -hmm. so of course that's not you know so when that happened it makes a lot of sense with that when i after we decided to you know end the marriage Dating was hard um, because not only A, I was trying to figure out how to date again because I had been in a relationship for so long, but B, (laughs) this is so funny I say this, I don't think of my child-free life as, uh, I don't want to say a problem, I I don't think of it, I didn't think of it as anything because I was just dating to have fun, you know, I wasn't, (laughs) I'm just going to be honest, Um, I didn't think of anything, but when you said, would you you have dated somebody um, that had older children, younger children? Since I did not go into it with that thought, I was dating anybody that had kids or not. And I found out, no. So <laughs> when I dated somebody who had a small child and mm-hmm. who was in a relationship with the child's mother, they were separated, they weren't together. And that was hard to navigate. And something that I wasn't really familiar with, I was mm-hmm. Child, you know, some way I'm like, well, wait, we're supposed to go out. Well, I've got you some things I did not think about. And so until I had that experience, I didn't even think about what it would be like to date somebody with a small child until that happened. Mm-hmm. And then it with somebody who had an older child, that was a whole nother can of worms because that was great, but they were teenagers. So there were some other things that came out mm-hmm. of, you know, that again, children always as they should come first. Especially yes comes to dating. So I had difficulty navigating the dating world when it came to child being child free and the questions that I was asked. So there was the assumptions was what's wrong with you? You know, why don't you have kids? I see here that you're divorced. So you guys never had kids. So which again was a shock. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, wow, what's wrong with me? Like, <laughs> wait, I just we just didn't have kids. There's nothing wrong with me. Like I, if I didn't want to have kids, is there something wrong with it? Why don't you want kids? So there was a lot of suspicion. Yes. That I did not expect going into dating again, because I'd been with someone for so long mm-hmm. and I dated the age that I was out there dating. So mm-hmm. the that I'm with, he also does not have children and also did not, was like, I don't think I want kids. But he said, I don't think I want kids. He wasn't sure. And so then it was, it, that was a whole nother thing because it was like, okay, um, I'm starting to feel for you. And I kind of felt kind of hard. And he's also younger. Mm-hmm. And so we had, you know, some going back and forth. And he had family members that were very, very adamant about children. And so we had, to end our relationship for a while while he explored, is this what I want? Is this really, we had a lot of heart to heart conversations. It was, it was a, it was a big thing that we had gone through. And then we came back as a couple, you know, months later after a lot of exploration, he was like, you know what? I'm doing this for family, not me. I never stop and think about, do I want kids? And I never really, I really love you. And that's not something that was ever in my rapport before. Now, since I've been with you, it's, is it about the family or is it about us? And so that was something that he himself really Mm -hmm. had to think about and explore. And I gave him the space to do that because I'm like, listen, I, I can't give you kids if I don't want them or can't have them. Sorry. So, (laughs) yeah. 
that was that was a thing and so now that we're together we're together because we both want to be and we both are committed in our child-free life but my whole thing was always I don't want to have somebody committed to me that's not sure with yes. what they want and so hey take the time take the space that you need to get that together or not and you know and either I'll be there or I won't you know that you know that's but I'm free to do what I want to do so so that I'm not waiting for someone so we did take time to really think about what mm -hmm. he wants and he took a lot of time to do that and he came back he's like yeah yeah I'm doing this for my family not me kudos to you guys for the communication kudos to you for for standing in your truth because for some women, that could be pretty scary. Like I meet the person, the love of my life and they're like, it was the risk of, he might think about it and he might come back and say, I want kids. But you were just like, if that was going to be the conclusion, oh, well, but this is where I am. Because I also think that for another woman, it could have been, well, maybe I'll change my mind. Yep, yep exactly. And also I have my health issues too, in which I could not have natural, do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. with me, was kind of like and, and he knew that too he was like you can't I, mean, I was like no that's why I said no everything zipped up there I mean I can't you know so, so an adoption is out of the question because you know that's just I'm just I'm not into child freedom I'm not into adoption so yeah it was a big conversation mm -hmm. that and so whatever you know women talk about or men you know when it comes to you know hey I really love my partner but I'm scared that you know they'll want children or I'm scared of you know my decision what have you it's a it's a real fear and it's something that is not discussed the way it really should be mm -hmm. there's always this thought of in society that both partners are on the same page but a lot of times they're not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not just for people that are child free that may be women that may can't have children or may have already had their children and their partner hasn't had children or you know if men may want children and can't you know all of these different things and so that's something that I think as society we don't do a good job of thinking about people being on the same page mm -hmm. and also that even if you're not on the same page it doesn't mean it can't work Exactly. You know, that's another thing too, of that some people do have that come to fruition moment of, you know what, I don't want kids if it means not being with this person, because that fulfills me more than having kids. And did I want kids really from the beginning or did, you know, all of those things, it's never, that's never addressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what we definitely have gone through. Mm -hmm. You talked about your medical um, condition and you, you kind of canceled out adoption. Um, you know, say more about, you know, your certainty about like, no adoption, no foster care. I know people consider um, fertility treatment. And so yes. speak a little bit more about that. So for me, the reason I was saying that, first of all, adoption is expensive. <laughs> very, very. I have, I have a friend couple who adopted and it. I was just like, wow, all the hoops and hurdles you have to go through to love a child. It's crazy. It's and they, and recognize there's so many children out there that need adoption. Oh my gosh, there's so many children out there that do. So not wanting to negate that at all. Mm -hmm. And society does a really poor job about talking about what it takes to adopt, and a lot of the hoops and hurdles and money. 
that goes through with that. And even if you have the money and that you still may not get that adoption. <laughs> so there's a lot of heartbreak that's not talked about along the way with adoption too, even though it's a beautiful thing once people do. But for me, I never wanted children, period. So when it came to adoption, foster, now I could foster some puppies. Um, but <laughs> I was a foster uh, parent to dogs too. So I get it. <laughs> and somebody asked too, they said with that, they said, well, I don't understand. You love fur babies so much. Why not children? And I said, you know, it's interesting. People will lump that together when they say, but when you say to a person who has a child, oh, I have a fur baby. I know what you're they will smack you like no, oh, this, yes. you know, rightfully. I'm, all, I'm always careful because I'm like, I know a dog is not a human. I do exactly. know that. Exactly. So when people say that, I'm like, because her babies are not human babies, it's a different. And I grew up with animals, mm -hmm. so that's why for me, I didn't. I never wanted to adopt or to foster. That was not in my thing because again, it was be about having children, and if that was a lifestyle that I did not want adoption or foster it was still about putting that child first which needs to be and if I'm the type of person who I put people first throughout my life mm -hmm. is my field of study that is what I do for a living that is what I love that is also what I do with my family I have to carve out time for me mm -hmm. and for that if that meant not having children that's what it meant yes you know what I mean? For mm -hmm. me, I love to travel. I love to, you know, volunteer. I love unstructured time. I love my Saturday mornings. <laughs> I, you know, it's unapologetic. I do. I love it. So no. Unapologetically Black. Well, you can't see it. Unapologetically Child Free. I have on my t-shirt for those ah! who are listening. So, but I want to kind of transition to kind of this cultural piece, right? And so no bibs, burps, bottles. We celebrate, highlight, empower African-American Black child-free women, everyone's invited to this space if um, they enjoy or want to learn more, that people, society, will see that I'm a brown girl before they even know that I'm child-free. And there are layers to being a woman, being a Black woman, being a Black child-free woman. So talk a little bit, as I share that with you, um, what are some thoughts that come to mind or some reactions? Uh, well, first... <laughs> With my family, like collectivism is key. You know, it's like within the family, extended family, everyone talks about, you know, being, being, and, and within my family, being black and a woman, family was very important, you know? And even though my immediate family was small, I had lots of cousins, aunts and uncles, all of those things. And so that right there was when it comes to having children, it was the extension of family of, okay, what is your legacy gonna pass down? What happens if, you know, you know, you, you don't, and also that connection was kind of gone. I used to be jealous of cousins, friends that could connect about their children. You know, I always felt like there was something different about me because I didn't have children. And even though I'm confident in my choice, when it comes to connection with my family, sometimes I felt guilty about that still. And I still go through that sometimes being a black woman and also something within our society, we don't see many child-free black couples. Um, and, and, and that's something else that the reason I was so attracted to, you know, you and your podcast and your Instagram is because when I did get into a child-free couple or a child-free, you know, um, person or what have you, 
I would find out later, and I feel so bad, but I, I, I have to say that I would be kind of disappointed. They'd be like, we've been trying for children. I'm like, oh, you know, and, and great for them. You know what I mean? Great for them. But it, there was a sense of, and what we're talking about, lack of connection that, you know, being a black child-free woman, really, it's hard to find a lot of women or spaces for us. And unless we have to create them on our own. Yes. And so for me, being a black woman, I did not see examples of child-free couples that were happy being child-free. Mm-hmm. Not child-less couples, but child-free couples that actually did not want children and lived their best life without children. Mm-hmm. You know, I never saw that. I didn't see that even within my own family, really. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the child-free lifestyle? What is the child-free space? Like, what does that really mean to you? Because again, you talked about, you were just living your life. You didn't really think about child-free. And I can say the same, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know this was a thing. I just knew I didn't want children. First of all, let me say this. <laughs> child, no, and I had to get this off my chest. I've been waiting for this. Child-free does not mean financially you've got money everywhere. I Okay, so here's the thing. When it comes to... And this kind of is, but it, and, I, and I apologize if I go off on tangent. There's this thing of when you are child free, oh, auntie got money. No. So there's this assumption that because you're child free, oh, so when I have kids, meaning friends or family, whatever, you should be contributing very ha- happily and very heavily because what you got to spend your money on. So I want to squash that mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> right now and yes. right now. <laughs> because child-free life, what it does not mean is having all this money at your disposal. Now, do I have, is my money different when someone who has children? Does it go to different areas as opposed to someone who has children? Absolutely. But child-free to with me still means responsibilities. I'm still working every day. I'm still, you know, doing what I need to do. But a lot of times people think child-free, you've got all this time and you've gotten, you know, all this. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where this time and money is because I still have loans. I still have bills. Bills do not stop because you're child free. Yeah. (laughs) I still have. I wish it did. (laughs) So yes, being child free is living, you know, my best life and going about it. However, it's also being realistic. Child free is for me was still a choice, but I still wake up every day, you know, do my work, do what I need to do, pay my bills. And I spend my time, whether it's working, whether it's volunteering, whether it's being able to be there for friends and family in which other people wouldn't. But to me, being child free means really honing into boundaries. That is something that is also not addressed is that being child free, you actually kind of have to have even more boundaries than having children because people with children can say, oh, I have to take so-and-so somewhere or so-and-so, something's going on. But when you're child free, a lot of times, well, what you got to do? Well, wait. You don't have nobody to come go home to. You can stay extra at work. And also boundaries with, with work too. So with being child-free, there's this, again, this assumption, we've got all this time, right? All this leisure and all this money. So you can work these extra shifts or you can take on these extra patients or you could take. So for me, being child-free meant really living in boundaries mm-hmm. and really recognizing just because I don't have children does not make my life any less important. Yes. And yes, so yes. 
to answer that question, and you know, if the, am I living my best life? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> However, that comes with, if I need to take a vacation, what you got a vacation for? You don't have children. What? I, 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 I can still be tired. I still, number two, another thing of child-free life to me means we are not selfish. In fact, a lot of times, a lot of the child-free community is actually the most unselfish people because they recognize what they can commit to and what they can't. They recognize what emotional availability they have and what they don't. And if somebody asked, they're doing a lot for the community. Yeah. yeah. So when we talk about legacy, when I think about, and again, not negating or taking away anyone's children, but when I think, when I think about Maya Angelou or when I think about Cicely Tyson, I don't think about their children. I think about what they contribute in their work or in their poetry or in their person. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me, when I think of child free as legacy, I'm doing my legacy in helping people and putting animals in loving homes and helping clients get, you know, to their fruition when it comes to their mental health, their self-care, helping different people. So those are the things that I think of my child free life. That's why I always feel fulfilled because it's not all about me. I do mm -hmm. love to help people and I do love what I do. And also I love myself in which I can create those boundaries and be yes. okay with them. Yes. So for me, ch being child free really meant really accepting who I am and accepting, I have the right to set boundaries and yes. I have the right to say no. Some days are better than others. I'm not good at it all the time. I, got, I still got a lot of work to do, but that's what for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, so many good nuggets, so many good jewels. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Um, so you've already kind of talked about your legacy. And again, it's important for people to know that, um, you know, leaving a legacy does not mean you have to birth a child to leave your footprint in the world. But coming into your own and coming into this um, confirmation of where you are in your life, being proud to be child-free, being in a child-free loving partnership, um, if a young sister was to come to you and say, hey, you know, I'm 24, I'm 23, because 30 is that marker where people just like 30, 30. But it is possible that a young sister can determine that for herself, that I do not want children, but she's feeling pressured from society, maybe her partner, maybe her family. What would you share and what would you say to that young sister to empower her to make the best choice for her? Absolutely. I would say to her that first thing I would say is that do we ever look at being child-free as a choice? and whose choice. And also the empowerment of your own body means the empowerment of your own decision. And so the thing is, is that a lot of times people, and, and also talking to that young woman, society does a horrible job for young women thinking, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, wait till you get older. And- They'll change your mind. Yeah, yeah. And I would ask that young woman, what if you don't? And nobody, and the one thing I would tell her, that's okay. I think young people need to know whatever your decision is, because there's so much judgment all over. And guess what? We judge ourselves enough. However you're feeling, which it is, I don't want kids. Guess what? That's okay. And that's a life choice too. And that if you don't want kids, this is the avenue that it can be. And recognize, but then also being realistic, uh, if you don't want kids, this is what you may be faced with. 
and the resiliency that comes with that. How do you create boundaries? How do you become empowered with your decision? And also, if you chose, if you decided not to have kids, how come that's just not okay? Exactly. You know what I mean? How come there always has to be a reason versus I just, it's not my choice. It's not what I want for my life. And that is okay to have that. And so the first thing that I would tell the young woman is that your choice is okay because a lot of times as young women, we're not empowered or encouraged that our voice is what matters and that's okay. You know, I love when I hear Simone Biles or I hear a lot of these young gymnasts talking about mental health, self-care. And you know what? I'm accepting that this is my decision and I'm okay with it because I know what's best for me. And I'm sticking to it, period. (laughs) And I think we have to encourage young women and men that Mm -hmm. if that's their decision, and guess what? In life, you may change your mind. And that's okay too, because we have this big mark of, oh, 30, 30, 30. There are people, there are many ways you can have children later in life. (laughs) And it doesn't have to come by. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. that's something many. So I have a young, lot of young women that say, oh my gosh, my, my, my time is ticking. My time is ticking. Well, you're going to struck yourself out before you get 30. So yeah. recognizing that, you know, yes, time biologically can be ticking, but you still do have time. And there are other avenues if you choose not to have children. Biologically, there are other ways that you can have children. Mentorship, adoption, foster. Other people don't break down other ways that you can have extended family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that's how I would talk to young women or men. That yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. That would be a good empowerment conversation. I love it. So Dr. Thomas, any regrets? Yep, I, the way it, now, okay. When I say this, my 20 some odd self, I know where I was then. But man, if I could just go back and talk to her and say, you're okay. I would do that. I would do, if I could hug her and I think they had like a, uh, they showed Mary J. Blige when she was, I think when she first came out with Real Love, hugging her former self. Mm -hmm. I would do that because I was putting way, a lot of pressure from way other people, not even my, again, it didn't come from my immediate family, but from other people, how I should live my life instead of listening and being okay in my own truth and being okay with that. And I would have been able to be present with myself more. And I would have been able to enjoy those years more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now looking back, I'm like, man, I should have just been happy as a lark being child-free because guess what? It turned out fine. And yeah. also the regrets I, I had listening to other people. Oh, when you get older, when you get in your forties, good luck. Yeah, good luck. I'm doing fine. So my regret is that I would have, you know, really been solidified in what my decision was a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sure. Wow. Well, I have really enjoyed our conversation and all the nuggets that you have dropped. I want you to share with our audience, Dr. Thomas, the wonderful things that you are doing. So here's your opportunity to shine, to shine, to shine. Let us know where we can find you. Let us know what's on the horizon for you. Sure. So my, I am on social media. My Instagram is at flower2977. And I also have started a YouTube channel. And actually, I have uh, three, uh, three sessions in three links in and I'm going to be starting it back up in September, but it's on mental health. 
And within, you know, what mental, so what uh, high functioning depression looks like, you know, some things, what, what it means to have boundaries. So these are some questions that, you know, I take from clients that I've seen and kind of jot down thoughts and ideas of like, wait, what does depression look like, especially if we're functioning or what does, you know, anxiety look like, especially if we're still up and going to work, but we're still feeling bad. So my YouTube channel is Dr. Talk Lynn, capital T-A-L-K, capital L-Y-N-N, and, and I'm still doing my private practice. Wow. Busy, 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 living your best child-free life, wonderfully made. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, Dr. Thomas, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Before I let everyone go, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, No Bibs, Burps, Bottles. You can find out more about Dr. Thomas in our description box where you can find her um, links to her social media, a little bit more about her. And before I let you guys know, you will see that I have on a No Bibs, Burps, Bottles shirt. Uh, Dr. Thomas, can you lift yours up a little bit? She has on our logo shirt, no bibs, burps, bottles. If you are interested in living your best child-free life and showing your child-free pride, please head over to nobibsburpsbottles.com. That information will also be in the description box where you can get your own child-free um, pride merchandise, tees, hoodies, everything. So again, we want to thank Dr. Thomas for joining us today. Thank you so much. Any parting words before we let everyone go? And I want to thank you. Dr. Harris, seriously, thank you, Dr. Harris, because this is needed so much within our community and especially to have a, an empowered voice for us to really talk as women, as couples, as African-American women and couples about child-free living and how, you know, it can be successful, it can be happy, and it can be without that stigma, you know, and really talking about that. So to create a space is so needed and so welcome. So I want to thank you very, very much for this opportunity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So with that being said, that's a great note to end on, but I always want to remind you, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. Thank you so much for listening to No Bibs, Burps, Bottles. Peace. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, a podcast dedicated to the empowerment of African-American Black child-free women. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. And don't forget to share this podcast with another child-free bestie. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, keep living your best child-free life.